you know, we weren't doing much multifamily when we were starting. Actually, we didn't know multifamily when we started for the first several years. We did one student housing project. But as the market started to change, rates started to become, um, you know, more creative. Fannie, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac had some, um, you know, really attractive programs. We pivoted. So, you know, what we have done, although I said it in one statement, it has to do more with agility and responding to the market, responding to opportunity. A great book can totally challenge your conventional thinking and change your life for good. However, some of us just don't have the luxury of time of sitting down to read a book. But there are some instances in which we do have dead time, and these are perfect times to learn. So we can learn while driving, instead of jamming to the same music on the radio, or maybe at the gym. Well, now you can. Dwelling has partnered with Amazon's Audible to give you, the Dwell listeners, a free book. Yes, a free book. So all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash dwelling and download your free book. This will also be in the show notes. You can click on the link. And if you don't have a book in mind and you say, Ola, I don't actually know where to start with. Well, awesome, because I can tell you one start with today. It's a quintessential classic. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So download Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that would basically just take your mind on a different spin. Of course, I'm always open to hear um, from our Dwell listeners. So email me at ola at dwelling.com. And then feel free to also give us a, a rating and review. This really helps us to rank better in iTunes. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on the Dwellin Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got a legend with us today. Hey, Ari, how you doing, sir? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me today. What's going on? Yeah, no, really happy to have you on the show. So, yeah, let's jump right into it. Can you tell us who you, know, who you are, what you do, and what you've been doing lately, actually? Man, those are some loaded questions. Um, who I am? Uh, well, I'm a first and foremost, um, I'm a father, I'm a husband. Um, you know, I'm a brother and uh, I'm a son and that's who I am as a human being. And everything that I do in business is, is an extension of, um, you know, extension of who I am, and what I truly believe in. I guess my business is, uh, is commercial real estate uh, acquisition and development. We've invested in over 38 cities, 12 states, seven different asset classes. Um, we're in the process of raising our new uh, multifamily institutional fund. Um, we're currently, I think this is still right. I'm not sure, but we're the largest asset by asset multifamily owner in the city of Austin, uh, not by doors, but in terms of number of buildings, because we kind of specialize in smaller boutique, uh, apartment complexes that are more vintage that we can gut renovate and basically bring up to like a class A experience on the inside and do all the deferred maintenance, take it down to the studs and still be able to charge a little bit less rent than, um, than some of the new development, which is kind of our core business. And uh, yeah, we focus predominantly around, around the Sunbelt. We're breaking ground on six major developments uh, this year, including one project about 15 miles south of Austin in Kyle, Texas on 318 acres, some major, major master plan development for with uh, build to rent houses, multifamily, commercial office. And uh, yeah, so we're having, we're, we're busy, but uh, we're having, we're having a lot of fun. That's good. You, you said a bunch, so I'm going to try to 
go back to the beginning. Uh, for most folks listening sure. to this, they're usually not talking to institutional funds. They're probably trying to get started in the game. So sure. tell us, yeah, how you got started in the game. Why did you start? Um, how did you start? Sure. Um, look, I, I didn't grow up with much. Uh, there's a lot of articles out there that say that I uh, came from rags to riches and things like that. But being born in America, being born in Austin, um, I feel very, very blessed that I was able to do that. But we were, you know, we struggled like a lot of um, like a lot of other families do as well. So we, we didn't have much growing up. Uh, there was a lot of love around me, which was really lucky. Uh, and I uh, look, I flipped burgers at Johnny Rockets, uh, you know, to get through high school. I delivered pizzas through college, had to go to two community colleges before um, I got into Texas A&M University as an English major, believe it or not. I don't know how I ended up running um, a big private equity company and being an English major, but that's that. Um, and, you know, graduated top of my class and then took a little, took about uh, a six month sabbatical to work in order to save enough money to go to law school. And while I was in law school, I got a scholarship um, to go to St. Mary's Law School in San Antonio. And um, I went to a, um, this is around 2005. And we know kind of what happens in 2007, 2008. <laughs> so um, I kept driving back and forth to school and I would see like, you know, a house being built or about to be built. And it's, you know, said for sale, then sold and for sale, sold, 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 sold. And the name that was on a lot of these signs was this development company um, ran by a gentleman named Mitch Dugan, who's still a good, you know, dear friend of mine many years later. And I showed up his office and I said, look, you know, I've been wanting, been wanting to be in real estate my entire life. My grandfather, who is an um, Iranian immigrant uh, who came here after the Iranian revolution, um, believed that real estate was the, you know, was the best, best investment in the world. And uh, his dream for me was to, you know, put his name on the wall as he would, as he would uh, say, tell me very quickly, that's not your name. That's my name, you know, in my grandfather's name and now my kid's name. And um, yeah, so he really inspired me to, to do that. And while I was in law school, um, I used all my scholarship money, every dollar that I had, and I bought a single family lot. And with the help of this local developer, um, got an $80,000 interim construction loan uh, from a local bank with his help. And we were able to sell the house for, I, I think, about $120,000. And I parlayed that into one, into two, into now we've been in, as I said, 38 cities, 12 states, seven asset classes. I've invested in over 50, 60, 70 buildings probably. Um, and we're one of the largest landowners within the Austin MSA now. And we're de developing a high rise in Phoenix. And, you know, what I want to tell the people that are starting is I'm not the smartest guy in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, having a goal and, you know, having a why of, you know, really serving your investor base and doing something that you can really create value. If a kid like me that didn't come from much, that had a really bad speech impediment, that's not that smart, that went to community college, I assure you the people listening are smarter and more equipped than me. And um, you just got to go out there and get started and get do it. Do it. And uh, compounding is a, is, is a magical thing. So um, the more you work at it, uh, the magic starts to happen. Yeah, no, I really, really, really like that. Um, so, you know, I was taking a lot of notes. Your 
pretty diverse, not just geographically, but ac across different asset classes. We are. How are you able to do that, right? Because usually, you know, for guys like me, we're syndicators, we typically have a market, you know, have a pretty tight focus in terms of asset class. We, you know, we try not to spread around too much, but it looks like you're doing pretty well as you're zigzagging, you know, through these different asset classes. How are you doing? It's it's a really great question, you know, um, you know, and the old statement is, you know, jack of all trades and master of none would be the would be the general rule. Um, but we're deep value investors, you know, we're looking for deep value. And, you know, once you've played it, I was on Wall Street for many years. And once you've played in the capital stack and originated debt, as we have in the past, and we've been on both sides of um, of the investment um, of the investments, whether on a lending side or whether it's acquisition side, um, as LP capital, as co-GP capital. And once you've played enough in those sides, you start to understand um, how value creation really works. You know, so the different asset classes that we've been in under the Rastigar banner. Um, over the past seven years has been in, the, in all the things that I mentioned to you. But for example, we had a heavy, you know, we had a heavy concentration in retail back in, you know, 2016, and we sold those positions out. So am I heavily into retail now? I think I still own one restaurant, right? I, I own a restaurant here in Austin. We're about to sell, but that was a concentration. But then as the market started to move, we shifted. Right. So we own a, we bought a boutique office building. That business has started to change a little bit. So we pivoted. You know, we weren't doing much multifamily when we were starting. Actually, we did no multifamily when we started for the first several years. We did one student housing project. But as the market started to change, rates started to become, um, you know, more creative. Fannie, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac had some, um, you know, really attractive programs. We pivoted. So, you know, what we have done, although I said it in one statement, it has to do more with agility and responding to the market, responding to opportunity. We did a lot of self-storage. We don't do any self-storage right now. But again, I've always been a contrarian. You know, when people uh, start talking too much about a certain asset class is when I start kind of looking the other direction. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, so although we do have, we, we are working on a bunch of different projects at the moment, we have a phenomenal team. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal team of, you know, deep industry veterans, you know, across the board in-house, we're vertically integrated. We have our own property management company um, and, and the PE side as well. We have, you know, contractors, <clears throat> that are exclusive to us to do all the renovations on the apartment side of the business. And we just have great programmatic relationships. So if we're developing a high rise in Phoenix, which we're breaking ground, hopefully around January and February on what looks to be a 50 story high rise, uh, depending on how these you know final council meetings go. Um, I don't want to say the name yet, but when I tell you who my partner is on the deal, um, your eyes would light up. I mean, they're one of the biggest real estate companies on planet earth. And so part of our method is we kind of know what we're pretty good at is identifying deals, deal making. Um, our investors are public pension funds, family offices, um, high net worth individuals, uh, insurance companies um, as well. But it's about creating synergies and finding subject matter experts. So if I'm going into this different asset class, that might not be what I do as well. Like I enjoy apartments personally and the renovations and it's something that I like, but I'm one of a big team, right? And so when you partner programmatically on like the, our master plan development in Kyle of 318 acres, we're bringing in one of the greatest 
you know, master plan developers in the history of the United States to partner with us. So that's how you juggle the different asset classes. It's not trying to do all of them yourself. It's about forming strategic alliances with subject matter ex experts. So you've got the, you know, racks to brand to where, you know, you're starting to fly. If there's somebody listening and thinking, wow, I want to be this guy when I grow up, what is the blind spot that that person um, is totally unaware of right now? Well, first of all, I'd like to say, please be better than me. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't try to be me. Please be you uh, first and uh, first and foremost. Uh, I'm sure that you have your own unique talents that, uh, that are different and probably a lot of them are better than mine um, first and foremost. But the blind spot is learning from failure. So my book comes out on uh, July 12th. It's called The Gift of Failure. And what I would tell people starting out is don't be don't be scared to fail. Don't be scared of rejection, you know, and when you're talking to your clients or prospective investors or deal making, just go with radical honesty, radical transparency and share with them. Ask questions like put yourself in a position through whether it's through social media, whether it's through networking events, like put yourself around people that are experts in these fields, because I truly believe that proximity is power. So I was very blessed to be around some of the biggest real estate names in the entire world at a very young age, because my wrestling coach growing up, and I was not a very good wrestler, by the way, but my wrestling coach growing up, his cousin or Italian cousin, as they would say, is one of the most powerful real estate people on planet Earth. And so he, you know, got me in the game a little bit early, taught me some stuff, brought me to New York City. And so I was very blessed to have that and be around those people. But you just got to do it. You have to go out and do it and find a place to go. And there's so many different routes to get there, whether it's becoming a real estate agent and then selling houses for a few years and learning that. And then maybe buying your first house that you renovate and you flip. Maybe you want to buy apartment. There's so many routes to get there. But the most important thing is just be obsessed with your customer. Like know that what you are doing is not about making money per se. And, you know, luckily, you know, we've done pretty well as, as you know, and built a you know pretty big business, but I truly believe it's because of a obsession with customer service of building something that's truly adding value to that community, to that house, or even the products that you're doing during renovations or buying or flipping. So as long as you really have a strong focus on the why that you're doing this, like for example, naming the company Rastigar, as I mentioned, there was a deep emotional bond with my grandfather and what he saw in our relationship. And he passed away in my arms, actually, you know, when I was 15 years old to where there was something deep inside of me that wanted to do something for him, for my bloodline and for my legacy, for my children. And to do that and having the name and knowing that I wanted to have something at the highest level of integrity, that was my initial driving force. So whatever that is for you, it must be found because if it's just about money and just about whatever fast money goes fast. Right. I can relate. <laughs> so, you know, as you said, you're doing this for legacy. When you look into the future um, on the Rasta Gup brand, what do you see? What are you open to really, um, you know, achieve? 
Um, I mean, I uh, look, I, I don't really think of it in the, those terms. You know, I I'll tell you one thing. I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s and um, founder and CEO. I ain't stopping. I'll tell you that much. And I'll tell you, I'm just getting started. You know, this is the very this is the infancy of my career. Um, and we're already, you know, have billions of dollars that are going on into production this year on wholly owned assets. And but for me, it'll be about the market. It'll be about our investor base. It'll be if I can still add value and I can still help. And, you know, if our pensions and our um, other clients, I can continue to serve them and I see a void in the marketplace that my expertise can help to expand. Well, we'll keep expanding and keep growing and keep, you know, and keep building it up. But if there's a moment that I find that the opportunities aren't there, I'm not doing this for vanity. I'm not doing this for, you know, like, like I'm doing this to make sure that I'm creating a true alignment of interest. And, um, and that's so important as, so as, as, you know, as your listeners or whoever's listening to this, who's just getting started or in the middle of starting their businesses or getting into the real estate business, getting into multifamily or any of those things, you need to really look in the mirror. You need to really understand to get to know yourself and know, is this something that you're truly have a passion for, or is it money centric and find that why and forget about the how. The how is going to happen. When you have a why, you have a goal, you write it down, you work towards it and don't be scared to go slow. Remember the tortoise and the hare. You know, we're all told that story in every culture, in every language, you know, and and it looks like I've done things fast because I work uh, maybe maybe a little bit more than I care to admit, but it's kind of, you know, who I am, not, you know, what I do, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's really, really what it comes, really what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, I can keep talking to you, but we definitely, definitely do want into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. You ready? Sure. sure. First question. What makes you Ari unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? relentlessness i can feel it i can feel it Ari. <laughs> relentless i'm not like if i feel something has full integrity is the right thing to do at the right time you're either gonna have to kill me or i'm gonna get it done <laughs> i love it second question what was the last book that you read and what was the one thing you picked up from that book <clears throat> well, um, I was an English major in undergrad, as I told you, and I am known for reading anywhere from five to 10 books a week. And I've been doing that for almost 20 something years. Okay. That's a very loaded question for me, but you said something, there's a book called The One Thing, okay, yeah. written by Gary Keller. And there's another book also called The Compound Effect. So you ask for two, but I would really like your listeners based upon this slide of questioning to read the one thing so that it teaches you to be laser focused on one particular objective before moving on. And then the compound effect so that you could understand that small hinges swing big doors, meaning these little teeny changes. Like, you know, if you want to learn how to play golf better, you don't need to buy new gloves, new shoes, new this, new clubs, new Sometimes it's just one little teeny twist of a finger and that changes. And over time, it compounds into something great. Um, so yeah, so that would probably be my, my two recommendations. Final question. You're a busy man um, running, you know, your, your firm. What do you do for fun? 
wow, I am really not good at fun. Uh, honestly, it, it's something that I work with my with my life coach, my business coach at all. Um, the fun that I really have is with my kids, honestly. Like I have a two-year-old, a six-year-old, and a nine-year-old. And the most fun I have is really, is really with them and, and living vicariously through them and their joys and whatever they're getting into and them teaching me stuff, whether it's, you know, video games with my son or soccer, you know, with my daughter or Taekwondo or, you know, letting my two-year-old just crawl all over me. And, you know, just, you know, to me, those are the most joyous moments of my life at this moment, but truly, you know, also helping the people that I help. Like for me, it's fun, like having the dinners with our clients or the people we're doing deals with our JVs or people we're buying properties from. But as a general rule, um, I would say that out of all, all the categories in my life, I probably suck at fun. <laughs> Before you tell us where we can get connected with you, maybe mention the book a little bit and then just kind of tell us how we can get connected with you. Sure. I mean, you, you can, so you can find me pretty easily. Um, if you just Google Rastigar or type Ari Rastigar into Google, there's thousands of articles quite literally um, about what we do. And uh, you can find us through social and we have a team that manages that stuff or go to our website, which is just rastigarproperty.com. But literally, if you just type in Rastigar Property or Ari Rastigar into Google, um, you can find me. And I say that I'm confident to say that because a 12 year old boy in the UK reached out to me several different times through LinkedIn, social, this, that. And we're actually writing a children's book together on goal setting and uh, a bunch of different things to help educate children. So if a 12 year old boy who is a very intelligent young man can find me, I'm sure any of your intelligent listeners can find me if they really want to. I'm sure, I'm sure they can too. Ari, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Have a great day. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.